Bickley and Murata. Social Studies. Brought to you by Carol Royce Keller Williams Realty East Valley. Get more money selling your home. Go to carolhasthebuyers.com. That's carolhasthebuyers.com. You may or may not know this. There's a lot of activity every day at Bickley underscore Murata mm-hmm. on Twitter. Whether you're on it or not, it's happening. It's and the place to be. It is. Without uh, a doubt. From a social media standpoint. And here to take us through all the happenings today is Sarah Cazell. Hi, Sarah. Let's go. Hi, guys. We're 46 followers away from 17,000. Let's go. Bickley hey. underscore Murata. Let's make that happen, shall we? Perhaps even by the end of this segment, 46 more. Come on, everybody. And it's not just because we want you to follow us. It really is a good Twitter account. Jarrett manages it very well, about 70% of the time. Mm -hmm. About 70% of the time, it's a great follow every time. That's right. (laughs) So if that's not enough of an endorsement, follow us at Bickley underscore Murata. Uh, But that is where the questions go for social studies every day. And we do want you to participate. So please do follow us and that way you'll see the questions pop up in your timeline every morning. All right, let's look at the Cardinals-Panthers game on Sunday. I just mentioned it in the update and we've talked about it throughout the show. But for those who have missed it, no Sam Darnold on Sunday and uh, expected to not play for the next several weeks dealing with a fracture in his right shoulder blade. That's his throwing arm. Can't really get around that. So P.J. Walker will be starting against the Cardinals on Sunday. Mm. Of these four options, what is your biggest fear about playing the Panthers from a Cardinals perspective? Cardinals injuries. You see it as a trap game because the Panthers have not been too good this year. Uh, Third option, the Panthers are not bad. Or I'm not worried at all about the Cardinals. I'm going to vote for eight. Cardinals injuries? injuries, yes. That's up there. Um, I'm not all that worried. I, I mean, I was worried last week going in with you know the, the the feeling that you might have a backup quarterback and you might not have your top receiver or two. And I guess they this is a team that knows how to take care of business. I don't even know if this really does this qualify as a trap game. So the trap game normally would be a, a game against a bad team that's followed up by a, a game against a really good team. Seattle's True. not good either, but it's, but a, it, big, it's a division opponent. Right. Yeah, Russ and Russell Wilson will be Wilson back. Will yep. Be back. Yep. I'm vote. I'm I'm going to be like Vic. I'll vote for injuries as well. Six. Okay. The, the one thing about backups is that. After a while, they often show why they're backups. That is yeah. true. True. So yes, they they showed that they could win last week versus the Forty Nine ers. Very impressive. The people who had to step in. Yeah. Eventually, the Colt McCoys and Eno Benjamins and David Wesley is that his name Antoine Antoine, Antoine Wesley, Wesley <laughs> of the worlds. Well, might might show you know the longer they play. David okay. Wesley, former Charlotte Hornet. Ah, I was wondering oh, where that game came from. Uh, the Panthers have lost five of their last six games. By the way, after starting off three and zero, they lost to the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Vikings, the Giants. They beat Atlanta and then they lost to the Patriots. Um, okay, trap game is most popular right now. Forty one percent of our voters are are most scared about this being a potential trap game for the Cardinals. Uh, 27% are most concerned about Cardinals injuries. 21% say there isn't anything to be concerned about. And then 10% have respect for Carolina, saying the Panthers are not a bad team. Uh, John E. says, I'm worried that Hassan Reddick, remember him, might have a good day against his old team. He's had a lot of good days this year. He He's has. been really, really good yeah. pickup for the yeah, Panthers. Absolutely. Uh, Brandon 
H says it's a road game for the Cardinals, although that's not been an issue for them. Uh, but the Panthers are playing at home, sees that as an advantage. Bunker Buster mentions Christian McCaffrey, who returned on Sunday for the first time after, what, five weeks, I think it was? Now, that is a common thread about... Now and the just and just so you know the previous the previous tweeter is wrong. This is a home game this weekend. Well, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and Bent Bow says I'm concerned that they look past the Panthers. So sounds like a trap game, Bow. And it's a home game without really fear of the opposing fan yeah. base. I, yeah, I don't that, think we're going to be inundated with so Panthers true. fans. There's We've, not going to be a Dan Bickley column on ArizonaSports.com. <laughs> no, admonishing no. Cardinal Code fans Red. for selling their tickets not to Panthers. Not this fans. week. That's if there right. is, we got a problem. The bigger question is, are, are do the people who have tickets go, I don't want to see that game. Beautiful outside. I don't want to see the Panthers. Don't, aren't these people going to go to any games? Well, that's, <laughs> what are you buying sell, tickets for? To sell the good ones and not go to the bad ones? Well, <sighs> but, good chance again, the roof will be open, because too. Because that's the point. Because so many people buy them as investments, you can't sell these on the yeah, secondary sure. market. So yeah. if you have them and bought them as for investment purposes, yeah. and you cherry-pick the ones you want to go to, are you showing up this weekend? Petey Pablo's not walking through that door. Come on! Ben Folds not walking through that door to buy the tickets from you. <laughs> or another Carolina musician. Ben yeah. Folds and five of his friends aren't gonna. That's right. Or four, four, of, four of his friends. Four of his yeah, friends. Who knows? That's true. Uh, all right, let's move on to our next question. I always just thought that was a reference to Ben Folds being a really bad poker player. <laughs> five fingers. Who knows? Uh, we've been talking about the Jokic brothers and the Morai this week after an on-court incident between uh, Nikola and Markeith Morris on Monday night. Marcus Morris, after the on-court brawl, sent this tweet. Oh, he waited till bro turned his back. SMH noted in all caps. The Jokic brothers, who now have an account at Jokic Brothers. Together. <laughs> together. And sign their tweets. Yes. Dash Jokic Brothers. So, Jokic Brothers, yes. Still waiting on an avatar, by the way. They responded, you should leave this the way it is instead of publicly threatening our brother. Your brother made a dirty play first. If you want to make a step further, be sure we will be waiting for you. Two exclamation points, Jokic brothers. Okay. Those are two scary dudes. I would not mess with them. They, the NBA needs to step in and, and unplug this. These two teams play again in a couple of weeks. They they need to get ahead of this. How about this though? How about being six foot eleven uh-huh. and two hundred and eighty five pounds and having your brothers fight your battles on social media for you? Touche. We're asking which sports family of all time would you least want to get into a fight with? Oh, and, uh, it would it would either be uh, the Watt brothers or the Jones brothers. Mm. Chandler and John Solid. Bones Jones. And Arthur, who we and always Arthur. forget about. Yeah, I yeah. always forget also about Arthur. professional football player. Yeah. In NFL. Okay, yeah. the Jones family. I'm not messing with any of them. Yeah, the Watts. You could probably talk them out of an altercation. <laughs> they seem reasonable. They seem very conversational. I think you might be able to reason with Chandler. Chandler, you could. I would not want to mess with John no. and anybody else he was paired with. So I'm going with the Jones brothers, too. Okay. That's a popular response. Jokic brothers is, is a good response. Uh, Venus and Serena Williams from Yoko Solo. <laughs> The Bosa family, Nick and Joey. Yeah, that'd be tough. Gets mentioned. Uh, the Wolfley brothers. Oh, 
Absolutely. No, I would. No, you don't, you're not scared of him? such a good guy. I mean... He was a savage between those lines. That is true. Okay. The Wolfley brothers will qualify. I've never asked you this before, and I don't want to put you on the spot, Mm -hmm. but how much recall do you have of of Ron Wolfley, the football player? Not a ton. Because when the Cardinals moved here, he was at the height of his his powers. Yeah. Ron Wolfley, the first season ticket poster that the Cardinals put out their inaugural season, they didn't even have photographs of these guys in the uniform, so it was just drawn, uh-huh. but it was all their pro bowlers, and Ron Wolfley was featured on that. He was... Well, he was, he not was only that, he, he was, was just, a thing. And he was great to the media. He's one of those rare football players who can talk eloquently and passionately. Yes. Mm. We, we've Should become that, a broadcaster. That guy. Right. We, we've drawn that parallel <laughs> that you can listen to Wolf talk about a sack in the most poetic literary terms. Yeah. Right? And then we talked to Bertrand Berry, who like sacked Tom Brady three times in the game. It's like no big deal. It's like there's no ro- there was no romance. It was just domination. Uh. So as a media person, the guy who can talk like that is basically writing your story for you. So yeah. the media, for good reason, love Wolf as well as fans. But you know, on the field, he was also what? a force. So I wouldn't. Yeah. Want, oh, I, I wouldn't uh, want to mess yeah, with the Wolf. He's not a Pro either. Bowler by accident. Of course, no, he was. true. Yeah. What? <laughs> We have one last response I want to read. B-train. and then I love B-Train. Can I just say that? No, of course. He is the I think greatest. We all do, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a, a question that we'll have to get to later because we're running out of time. But Vince, I had to read this response for you. Which okay. family would you, sports family, would you least like to get into a fight with? Corpse Shasta writes, Philip Rivers family because of the sheer number of people I would need to fight. <laughs> that is a good one. Now that's a good I'd one. I'd be incredibly outnumbered. That's right up my alley. The Gronk brothers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, the they Kl- scare me. The Klitschko brothers. That's a good one. That's a good... There, there's a bunch of them. The Gambadoro boxing dynasty. <laughs> nah, I'll take him. <laughs> he doesn't have a brother, Joe. Oh. <laughs> I don't think so. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks. Social studies every day at 9 o'clock with Sarah Cazell when we uh, go through what's happening at Bickley underscore Murata, which is where you should be. Coming up next, 20 years ago today, it's not an anniversary, but if you go back 20 years ago today, the Arizona Diamondbacks. We're World Series champions, and we're going to reminisce with uh, a guy who called the action on the radio that year for the Diamondbacks. Our old friend Jim Traber is going to join us next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. The broadcasters of your area in voluntary cooperation with federal, state, and local governments this system to keep you informed in the event of an emergency. Dan Bickley, Vince Murata. Bickley and Murata Mornings. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. And a little blooper. Base Diamondbacks win! They're the world champions! Gonzalez did it! Folks, it doesn't get any better than that. Honk your horn, stop your feet, celebrate in Arizona. The Diamondbacks have won the World Series! That's the way it sounded 20 years ago on these airwaves when the D-backs beat the Yankees in Game 7 to win their one and only championship 20-year anniversary going on. A very restrained color commentator added a woo-hoo in that audio clip, uh, and that uh, restrained uh, color commentator joins us right now. Our old friend Jim Traber, talk show host at the Sports Animal in Oklahoma City, joins us here on the 72 Sold Sports Line. Uh, Jim, how are you, man? It's been a while. I'm good, fellas. It's great to uh, come on with you guys. And, yeah, all I could do was laugh. Well, that's all I could do was laugh. But, you know, I, 
And, of course, the governor, as we called him, Greg Schulte, uh, had a great call on it. So, uh, yeah, what an amazing, uh, what an amazing run that was. And yeah. by the way, they've never, they've never won anything since I left. So there you go. Maybe I was the one that was the reason why yeah, they won. It was all you holding it all together, it was all Trevor. You, man. Uh, now the reason why we're talking about this, obviously, is it, it, it's a very fond anniversary for sports fans in the valley. But I want to let people know that uh, Jim and his wife Julie, they've got the Julie and Jim podcast on a number of topics. But you did a two-parter podcast, Jim, talking about that whole season, uh, your place in, in calling the games. And I know you wanted to turn Diamondbacks fans onto that. So if, if, if we can get D-backs fans to listen to this podcast, what's some of the stuff they're going to hear? Well, yeah, thank you so much. It, it, it's called the Julian Jim Traber Podcast, and you can get it anywhere, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, it's everywhere. And basically, the number four and number five are a two-part series of how it starts all the way back, fellas, when I came to work with you, Vince. Uh, it starts in you and Bruce and all that. And it starts about how I got that job and how that year was so hard. Because, Vic, you, you may not remember, but I was doing four hours of radio in Oklahoma City and four hours oh, of radio remember. in Arizona oh, every I remember. single day. Yeah. Oh, I remember. Yeah, it, were... it, was the, it was the dumbest thing I ever did in my <laughs> life. I mean, I was sick. I was sick like five times during that year. One week I lived in Oklahoma, one one week I lived in Arizona. But the good thing that came out of it was is that I got to meet Cherry Colangelo, I got to meet Tom Brenneman, and I got to an actual game. I did one game with Joe Gargiola Sr. Oh. And, um, and so when I went back to Oklahoma and Brenly got the job and all that other stuff, I told my wife, I said, I'm going to go out there and interview. And she goes, yeah, good. She patted me on the head and said, okay, good luck to you, you know. And uh, the rest is history. But, yeah, I don't want to tell all the great stories because yeah. there's stories a lot of people that haven't heard. But I really want the Arizona people to, to get involved and, and go listen to it because it's, it's really – and my wife is a star, fellas. She's an absolute star. So uh, it, it really is good stuff. Uh, yeah, it's the G- uh, Julie and Jim Traber podcast. Like uh, Traber said, it, you can get it anywhere, the podcast. And I'm, I'm looking forward to listening to the conclusion of it. But well, we don't have a ton of time, uh, so okay. we, we want to point people there. But I want to tap into your Oklahoma sports knowledge here because Come on. What, what's going on with the Sooners at quarterback? Caleb Will- Williams, we knew he was going to be a star. He's been a star. There's speculation about Spencer Rattler. Uh, do you think there's a chance he ends up back in Arizona, Jim? Well, I mean, he may. I mean, I, I don't think there's any doubt that he's going to be gone. The minute OU season is over, I'm sure he's going to enter the portal. And although, listen, the dude's a really talented guy, you know, he's got some things to work on, I believe, uh, I think both on and off the uh, off the field. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, someone's going to get a really, really good quarterback. Now, I don't really know. I mean, Arizona, of course, I mean, they're, you know, obviously they won their first game in, what, 17 years, it seems like. <laughs> And then, um, and then Arizona State got off to a really nice start, but they got their quarterback. I love their quarterback out there. So I don't, I don't know if either one of those places will fit for him, unless he just wants to come back and be near his home. Uh, but he's a talented kid. But you know how talent is, fellas. Talent doesn't always get you to the next level. Yeah. This kid that took his spot. Wow, man, he is. I mean, I, I don't ever like to go out on massive limbs. Actually, I go out on them all the time. Uh, but uh, I don't like it. This kid is this kid is really really special, really special. And the thing that's special, most special about him, is that he's 19 years old and he looks like he's 30. I mean, he just takes care of everything and nothing bothers him. 
So uh, although I think OU is a massive, massive uh, underachiever this year, he's really, really good. And frankly, if he wouldn't have taken over, I think they'd have two losses. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Trabes, I was talking to a radio host at Norman yesterday, and he told me that that Oklahoma is really um, watching the Cardinals because of Kyler Murray. Now, Kyler at Oklahoma was not like Baker at Oklahoma. He wasn't out in front of the media all the time. But but tell us how he is his career at the Cardinals. How is it resonating in Oklahoma? Well, first of all, Vic, the show you must have gone on back there, and you probably had 30 people listening. I don't know why you wouldn't come on with me, because I got the number one by far. Those other stations around here, they keep coming and they keep dying. So, you know, you guys, you really want to be heard, come on here. Anyway, have Invite me that, anytime, um, Trabes. I'm there. You're, you guys are the best. You know, Kyler Murray, fellas, as you can see, he he's the best of the bunch. I mean, Baker Mayfield, frankly, I think he's a punk, and I've said that for years and got in trouble. Not trouble, but a lot of people didn't like it. He's finally grown up a little bit. Kyler Murray, fellas, he's got it all, man. I mean, you know, he has his uncle and his father that everybody thought, oh, gosh. he they, You never heard a word from him. He just plays football, and he's a superstar. And, you know, it. Look, the people around here love Baker Mayfield because, you know, he had three years and basically the dude was unbelievable in college. But as far as who's a better football player, it's not even close. And they know it. They just don't like to admit it. <laughs> Kyler Murray, Murray was only here one year. But, uh, yeah, Kyler Murray, you thought, the only thing you all got to worry about is just can, he stay, can he stay healthy, right? I mean, if he can stay healthy, your squad's unbelievable. And what I like about it is, too, is that they've gone out and gotten players. I mean, they are going for it. You know, the Ertz move on top of the moves they made in the offseason, I, I just, I, I mean, they're really getting after it. And I frankly thought your coach had a no chance to do a good job out there, so I was wrong on that. Jim, just hearing your voice has given me flashbacks to doing a morning show where I was sitting in a room in Phoenix and you were sitting in a room in Oklahoma City and wow. we had to pretend we were in the same place. Those were the days, yeah. huh? <laughs> yeah, they were wonderful days. Yeah, waking up early in the morning. You know, i got to tell you, you know, the number one, I thought you were going to say, just listening to your voice, uh, we remembered how you are not a morning guy because people don't want to wake up to this. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, they don't want to go, oh, my gosh, what is that on my radio, this crazy guy? So, uh, but, yeah, no, listen, I, I I didn't get to be around you a lot, Vic, but I, I've, my boy Vince was just awesome. And, Bruce, we had the best time in the morning. And uh, we did do a good job of letting people think that I was right there in the studio, didn't we? <laughs> we did. We did. The secret's out after That's all these years, funny. Traber. That's really funny. Uh, it's the Julie and Jim Traber podcast, two-parter on the whole 2001 season. So if you're a Diamondbacks fan, a must-listen. Uh, we'll point people there. Traber, great to talk hey, to you. Yeah. Hey, real quick, I know you got to go, but last thing I want to say was um, – I just, you know, I got on, I got into social media for the first time in, or a long time in the last uh, month and a half, and I'm, I'm on Instagram, at Jim Traber. So if you want to follow me there, you'll find out all about the podcast, everything. You can see my family. Uh, you can see uh, all the crazy things. I got a big old hawk that I'm fighting in my backyard coming after my bird. So I'm an old man, fellas. I am literally like y'all's father. That's what I am now. I am an old man. Thought I'd let y'all know. At Jim Traber on Instagram. You guys should jump in. I'll follow you back and look what's happening out there, okay? Sounds, Sounds good, good Traves. Traves, great to talk to you. Hopefully we can catch up again soon. Jim Traber from uh, Sports Animal in Oklahoma City, of course, uh, Diamondbacks color commentator. Back when they won the World Series in 2001, he joined us on the 72 Sold Sports Line. Get your price at 72sold.com. 
Coming up next, we'll talk NFL. Mark Schlereth, straight ahead. Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. NFL analyst Mark Schlereth talks football with Bickley and Murata. Brought to you by Earnhardt Ford in Chandler. Proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Visit EarnhardtFord.com. Yeah, Wednesdays, we get to talk football with Mark Schlereth from NFL on Fox 104.3 The Fan in Denver, and that happens right now here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Mark, good morning to you. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing this morning? Doing good, man. We're still waiting for this bubble to burst with the Cardinals going into a game with with no Kyler Murray, no DeAndre Hopkins, A.J. Green, J.J. Watt. No big deal. They just go on the road and, and dominate. I mean... I didn't expect this to be a very business-like football team to the point we've seen this year, Mark. Yeah, you and me both. And, and you know, I mean, uh, you've got the whole kind of, hey, it's the air raid, it's this, it's that. And when you watch them on film, it's not the air raid. It's not what they're doing. They can go out there with Colt McCoy and uh, what? I mean, you know, I mean, what, what he, he was like 22 or 26. Yeah. I mean, complete efficiency, running the ball with James Conner. At some point, and I get it, it's Arizona, so you're not going to get the national attention that the Dallas Cowboys or the Packers or, you know, the, the Steelers and all those teams are going to get it. Um, and, and that's just the way it works. I mean, the, you know, you can be upset about it, but uh, it's not going to change. But the bottom line is they're just a damn good football team. They're one of the most exciting teams to watch, and they're just a damn good football team. No doubt about it. I, and I don't look at stats very much. I'm not a numbers guy, but but some of the stats and the metrics are amazing, and it speaks to a football team full of really good players who really know how to play big in big moments, whether it's fourth down conversions, third down conversions, forcing turnovers. What is the dividing line in the NFL? What makes guys special when they can rise to the occasion on a football field? Yeah, I just think that there's there's one, I think it's confidence, right? You're having confidence. And, and, like, I always say this about confidence, the difference between confidence and arrogance. Arrogance is born from a place of fear, right? So you have to puff out your chest. You've got to have that false bravado. But you know you haven't done the work. Where confidence comes from a place of, I've done the work. You know, I know. I know I've done the work. I know I'm prepared. I, I And I can go out there and execute. So there's a big difference there between the confidence and the arrogance aspect of it. The other thing I think that is vitally important when it comes to being able to perform in critical situations is knowing what you are, knowing who you are, having an identity, understanding what's going to go on. And I always tell coaches this when I'm consulting with teams and stuff. I like I knew when I played in Denver, I knew second down and one was a conversion down. And I knew there was three plays that were going to come in. Right? We're either going to run QB sneak or 18-19 handoff or 14-15 handoff. That's what we're running. Whether it's what, regardless of personnel, regardless of you know formation, regardless of motion, I, I know. So when you're standing in the huddle and you know, hey, man, the coaches are putting it on us up front to get this done, there's a confidence that is, is born out of that. There is a – uh, just an understanding of this is who we are, this is what we are, and this is what we do. And um, and when everybody is kind of on that same page, it's amazing how good you can be to have that identity and to and to really to really embrace that identity. And I think that's one of the things that the Cardinals have done. All right, one of the uh, one of the key competitors for the Cardinals in the NFC for that number one seed would be the De- or was the Dallas Cowboys. What happened last weekend? <laughs> How did your Broncos pull that off? Yeah, your guess is as good as mine. I mean, obviously, <laughs> like obviously they they traded away Von Miller, right? He's their he's their top player. He's the face of the franchise. They get rid of Von Miller. 
You know, I think that, I think that was part of that for the Broncos that basically said, hey, they have just basically kicked, you know, they have punted on the season. They're basically saying, we're not good enough to complete for, uh, compete for a playoff spot, so, you know, we've just traded away or, or got rid of our best player. And guys responded to that. Um, I think the other thing is that you can't discount the fact that the Cowboys riding high and probably probably took them lightly, you know, and, and that's kind of the NFL in general. Last weekend was bizarro weekend, yeah. right? I mean, it just was one of those crazy weekends. So um, I think those probably there's a, a legitimacy to that, and it's hard to flip the switch. You know, it's hard to take somebody lightly and all of a sudden be down 14 points or whatever you're down, 13 points, and all of a sudden say, okay, let's flip the switch and make this thing happen. It, that's a hard thing to do. So I think it's a combination of those things. And, you know, once you're running the ball and running it well, um, like the Broncos did, it's easy. Like this is the thing about running the football. It's easy to commit to the running football when you're having success. Yeah. It's hard when you have a bunch of two-yard runs. It's hard to embrace that and understand the benefit later on in the game that that's going to provide. So, um, you know, people always ask me, right, has Pat Shermer figured it out? Hell no, he hasn't figured it out, right? <laughs> it just was successful, so he stepped, he stuck with it. As soon as it's not successful, you know he's going to dump it. So um, I just think there were a lot of things that happened. Mark Schlereth, our weekly uh, guest to talk NFL on Wednesdays here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Uh, in, uh, another team in the NFC, obviously the defending Super Bowl champions, Tampa Bay. I know you have them this week on your broadcast. For, for a team with a target on its back, Mark, with all the injuries that they've had, pretty impressive on how they've dealt with things so far. Are, are you seeing anything different from this year's version of the Buccaneers from what we saw last year? Um, more participation from guys that you don't expect it from, right? Like they just, they're just rolling guys through their lineup on the offensive side of the ball. Like where the hell is that guy? Who, who is this guy? You know, I mean, it like they've got, they've got unbelievable talent. I think you make a very compelling argument that they're the most talented offensive team in football. Mm -hmm. I mean, when it comes to their wide receiving core, their tight end core, their, you know, running backs, their offensive line that's been absolutely dominant. I, I just the, – the whole thing is just crazy how good they are and how dominant they can be. So, yeah, they're a, they're a really good football team. That's the bottom line. And so, anyhow, but, uh, you know, defensively, as you mentioned, tons of injuries. They've had, I think, seven different combinations of starting corners over the last – or over the first 15 games or first uh, nine games or whatever it is. So, um, they have had a bunch of that going on, but they're a very talented football team. All right, lastly, what do you think about this NFL's taunting rule? Because I can't believe anybody in the league office thought that that was a good idea. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's ridiculous. Uh, I, yeah, I, I get what the point was, right? The point was we don't want frontier justice and we want to, you know, we want to, you know, set a good example or whatever it is. But again, it just is another layer of subjectivity in a game that's already impossible to officiate. And, I, you know, I mean, I get it, Class it, Cassis Marsh. I mean, you know, he does the karate kick. He looks like he's straight Johnny Lawrence from Cobra Kai. <laughs> and, like, at what point, like, at what, at what point do you, at what point do you, like, say, okay, enough is enough. I Like, celebrating and then taunting, and at what point do you not celebrate? I mean, you, when it comes to Marsh, he's been on eight teams in eight years. So you got to get your celebration on in a Chicago uniform because eventually you're going to be playing for somebody else in a week or two. So, I, I, you know, I would say that I get that part of it. But, 
Yeah, it is. It's certainly kind of backfired on the NFL, I think. Yeah. Mark, always a pleasure to talk football with you on Wednesdays. We look forward to next Wednesday. Enjoy the weekend, man. All right. You guys be well. All right. Mark Schlereth, NFL on Fox, 104.3 The Fan in Denver, joins us on uh, Wednesdays to talk NFL. Coming up, some final thoughts on this Wednesday edition of Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Bickley and Murata. Song of the Day. Brought to you by Sonic. This is how we Sonic. Stop by your nearest location today for the new Sonic Garlic Butter Bacon Burger for a limited time, only at Sonic. All right, selfishly playing this song today. Uh, This came up, uh, was it Monday? So earlier this week, Jarrett talked about uh, the Twitter account that is oh, yeah. just people, uh, Saturday Night Live hosts, introducing the musical act. It's just random right. and, and fr- frivolous and funny. And Sarah, as an example, we talked about musical guests and said, did you fast forward through Halsey? And I said, no, I didn't fast forward through Halsey. Are you kidding me? And I referenced this song. A little different sound for Halsey, a little edgier, uh, produced by Trent Reznor from Nine Inch Nails. Um, I'm playing okay. this. That's good what you, by me, man. What do you think, Vic? Let, let's hear it. It's got a vibe. Kind of odd? It's got a vibe. Yeah. I'd listen oh, to I this. thought you said got a vibe. I thought you said kind of odd. No, got a vibe. <laughs> All right. Has a vibe. Say, this says uh, parentheses clean version. Yeah. I didn't know she uh, questionable oh, yeah. language. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's oh, some, some subject matter in the lyrics of this song that's oh, not suitable for our air, okay. certainly. Oh, so we went with the clean version. Oh. Sarah, can I get a ruling from you? No, I'm definitely going to listen to this song. She still doesn't do it for me. Really? Why does she only sing through her nose? <laughs> kind of. There's a lot of female oh. singers these days that do that. And I don't care for it. Get well, off Sarah's too, lawn. Right? <laughs> no, I did. Use your mouth. From your diaphragm. Because she doesn't <laughs> like it. Yes. If you sound nasally, gets, I'm not into it. he gets crazy emotionally attached to pieces of music at points in time. You do. Oh, yeah. Not yeah. that it's a bad thing. I don't think I'm here with that song. But if, no, if, a, nose, if a nose made you a good singer, I'd be Frank Sinatra, baby. <laughs> well, there's got to be Jared. more to it than that. <laughs> there, there definitely oh, wow. is. Anyway, subjecting you to my own personal musical no, it's taste. it's all good, bro. Today's it's all good. song of the day. Bickley and Murata going off the grid. Off the grid. Brought to you by Sweet James Accident Attorneys. If you've been hurt in an accident, call Sweet James at 800-500-5200 or sweetjames.com. Uh, we got caught up with back-to-back guests. So a real quick look on today's uh, Sanderson Ford poll question on the homepage at arizonasports.com. With college hoops back in action, what are your expectations for ASU this year? Uh, your choice is compete for Pac-12 championship and earn a high seed in the NCAA tournament. Make the NCAA tournament as a lower seed. Uh, just missed the NCAA tournament, except NIT bid. Uh, those are your choices. I I think there should be one for I have no earthly idea. Yeah, the, yeah. The, I, I, I asked you, Sun Devils, and I don't mean this is a knock. I like what I saw at parts last night. They were a little short-handed. Uh, a lot of new pieces. They're a mystery right now. And isn't it weird that ASU would play Portland the night before the Suns play Portland? Ah, uh, uh, and they go for the uh, double, uh, the double dip. 
It was also weird flipping on the GCU game last night and seeing all the uh, ASU Sun Devils playing in that game. <laughs> Tayshawn Cherry Hollywood. <laughs> that's, that's funny. Right. I'll, that's I'll, really I'll go with the middle choice. Make that's the really NCAA funny. tournament as a lower seed. Uh, and that is 45% of the vote right now. 41% think they will miss the tournament this year. If you're wondering how long it took me to become irrationally excited and confident about the new U of A team, uh, three minutes into the first game. <laughs> Just because a different vibe and look. I love everything about the team, the coach, everything. Final four this year. This is the year. All right, good. Oh, my Jared. goodness. What a story that would be. Let's go. All right. Um, we start. Well, we don't start, but a little daily dose of Vinny Joe trivia, and this is leaning to something. All right. Uh, there are four active players in the NBA. Four. Who have four. Ten, ten or more 50-point games oh. on on their resume. Can you name the four? Gotta be Steph. Steph just got his 10th. Yes. Okay. James Harden. NBA, NBA history or current? Current active players. James, James Harden is number one on the list. He has 23 career 50-point games. More than, almost double what anybody else has. KD? Nope. Only got six. Mm. Good guess. Giannis? Nope, only got two. Dang. Not counting the finals. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. LeBron, um, just from Le- long LeBron's course. got 12. And my other guess would be Carmelo Anthony. Nope. Uh, Dame Lillard? Dame Lillard. Dame 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 Dame. Good job. He's got as many 50-point games as LeBron James, even oh. though he started his career well, 11 years later. I wasn't even wow. that confident saying LeBron, though, because I, you don't really remember specifically him going off in that way in games. Like, when he has huge games, it's like 35 points, 15 rebounds, you know, yeah. 12 it's assists. It's a monstrous kind of triple-double kind yeah. of game. Right. But he's also been in the league for a right. really, that's, that's really why, long that's time. That's why I thought maybe Carmelo. All right. You knocked it out of the park. And the reason why we're playing this is because of uh, Steph Curry getting his 10th the other night against yep. Atlanta, which, no big deal, apparently, according to the Atlanta announcer. Curry with the floater. I mean, okay, okay. he's got 50. Is it really that big a deal? I mean, you've won championships, you've been an MVP, you're going to the Hall of Fame. What's the big deal about getting 48 or 50? I don't get that. You know, they wanted that and they make a quick foul to get them out of the game. Hey, being a player, I can see it. I see it. But you're up by... Oh, yes, you're up by 22. Oh, man. That's homerism to the nth degree. Man, do I hate that stuff. Those are the same type of people that diminished a second-year teenager in Devin Booker scoring 70 in Boston against the Celtics. Does he really need to do that? (laughs) I I, I can't wait for Trey. What is your career high, Mr. Announcer guy? I can't wait for Trey Young to hit for 50 and see what their reaction is. When they're up 20. Make sure you remember that when he he pops for 50. Yes. Um. Boy, that is disgusting. Did you watch? I mean, I know the Suns played that night too, but I I definitely watched it. The beginning, first quarter action of Monday Night Football, Chicago and uh, Pittsburgh, Mm -hmm. and the ESPN crew spent an inordinate amount of time on the Najee Harris story. And Najee Harris has an amazing story. He Mm -hmm. was homeless at a a point in his career. He's giving back to the community now, but they told some stories during uh, this ad nauseum advertisement for Najee Harris's career, where two different members of the Monday Night Crew, including Steve Levy, told a story where when Najee Harris got to Alabama, 
because he was so used to being homeless, he didn't. He slept on the floor because he said it was more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Najee Harris went on social media yesterday and said, I never slept on the floor at Alabama. I slept in my bed. Yeah. How could you get that twisted in a in a production meeting? <laughs> they got to the point where it wasn't even just one segment. Steve Levy said going to a commercial. We'll be back with more on Najee Harris after this. Oh, man. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of weird because just because a guy had been homeless doesn't mean he he's going to sleep on the floor because that's what I'm used to. That's yeah, I'm with yeah, you. Yeah, the quote I'm was even when that. he got to Alabama on the full ride scholarship, got the fancy dorm room. He spent the first few months in Alabama sleeping on the floor. Said he was just more comfortable. He was more used to that. Najee Harris, bra, I didn't sleep on no damn floor in college. <laughs> I slept on my bed. Uh, not uh, Steve Levy responded with, I got this part wrong, Najee, my mistake. Your story is inspirational and mission to positively impact is admirable. I'll be donating to your foundation to encourage others uh, to help Najee's greater purpose when they can. So okay. I guess, I it, guess all's it ends well, well, ends well. But okay. ESPN and, and a lot of networks get accused of this now, focusing on negative aspects of players. It happens all the time yeah. in the NFL draft. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just tell the story. With you. All right. All righty. Hump day in the books, at least on this show. Wake up, Jared. It's time to go home. Go to bed. (laughs) Jared, I'm with you. Thanks to uh, Al McCoy, Jim Traver, Mark Schlereth for joining us. Thanks to you for putting up with us as well. It's uh, We'll do it again tomorrow morning at 6. Wolf and Luke up next here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Have a great day, everybody.